Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us today on From the Friar. This was a great episode, not necessarily because the couples made great strides, but because Dr. Pepper was there. And that tends to stir things up a little bit. Dr. Pepper was there, but there is one couple specifically that we'll talk about that made a stride that I just thought was never, ever going to happen. I'm not I'm not convinced it's even positive. I have a lot to say. I'll, I'll wait for it. But that was an awkward stride. <laughs> For any folks following in our March Madness pools, we will do a separate episode that will cover sort of what's been going on, who's leading, who's losing, but still winning. What? Oh, gosh. What a wild time. The, no the only, first yeah, seed. That's the, probably the biggest news of this tournament is there is no number one seed left at all. We have in to the save bracket, it. In the we men's have, bracket. Yes. We have to save it, though. Okay. I do love that in this maths episode, there is subtle shade by multiple people saying that they wish they had more expert time, wishing that someone could be in there, mediate, help them communicate, which used to be the main point of this show. Let's start with Chris and Nicole. I didn't really realize goat yoga was their thing. Maybe they meant regular yoga and to make it more interesting on the show, they added the goats. I mean, so much as Nicole's dad teaches yoga. Yeah. That's going... Nicole got him into it. ...really deep into yoga from starting from zero. So shout out to Nicole's dad. There were good conversations during and after goat yoga. Chris asks Nicole's dad how his perspective of Nicole has changed over the years. Dad kind of talks about their history, the divorce... And how Nicole kind of was rebellious, especially with him, didn't really want to hang out with him, would talk back when they did hang out. And she has grown so much more as a person. Nicole asks her dad, have you ever seen me this happy? Her dad responds with, you're definitely more content. I've never seen you so content in life. I have to say it was such a sweet moment to finally see Nicole's dad say that Chris has earned his trust. He believes in who he is. And I didn't catch it, but can he call him dad from this moment on? He doesn't have to wait for decision day, right? We've seen it in the past seasons where some folks, you know, obviously they realize that they're marrying a stranger, but I think they get surprised with how fast emotions can develop, especially emotions to the level of, you know, we are a married couple. And it's interesting to see Nicole's dad as, you know, someone not in the relationship, but at the beginning, he was a little bit of, of, a, of a critic, if you will. He was a little standoffish of the whole idea. But it's interesting that even in a one month, Chris has sort of opened his eyes to, mm -hmm. wow, this is, this is some real, uh, real feelings, a real relationship. And he can see a real marriage developing in this amount of time. Then we get time with Dr. Pepper. Nicole talks about how she has noticed that her past relationships have affected her more than she realized. She talks about when you're vulnerable, you are weak, and when you're weak, you get taken advantage of. She talks about her past relationships and how it was a pattern that she didn't really know how to get out of. Chris talks about that he has learned that he has always shown vulnerability. For some, it came off as too strong, but his intention is good enough for someone out there. Dr. Pepper talks to them about how it's important to keep getting into things that make them uncomfortable. She says that we want to make sure the foundation is good enough to hold a house together. Their session with Dr. Pepper was incredibly small. Like, that was it. But we did have a longer segment 
of them answering questions from the question jar. Now, remind me, isn't this like the third time this season that these couples have had to do the question jar? How many times do we have to do the question jar? Some questions that were asked, I think some of them might have been like your biggest fears, so on and so forth. I would think after being with someone all day, every day for one month, so many, I hope, I hope so many of these things would already have been asked. Gina and Clint, no, thank you. I mean, even even Jasmine, to, well, even Jasmine, to some extent, is essentially alluding to like, no, like I've told you everything. Like, yeah. I, I don't have anything else to add on to this question. But one pet peeve of mine when we do these type of sessions with the experts is I really dislike that everyone gets the same exercise. Like, yes. I know they're I know they're all going through the same experiment, but they're not the same relationship. Mm-hmm. So why why do we just uh, um, cookie cutter? you know, exercise giveaway, it's it's not, it should be specific to that relationship. But also I feel like the question should be as well. Even even the stage of each relationship, some couples, um, they're way on the, you know, on the, on the, on the deep end of vibing, like Chris and Nicole, some couples like Gina and Clint might need a little bit more communication help. Some, it might be more of an intimacy thing, but for the most part, the general one or the general exercise I really dislike that it's always the same. Yeah, I know. I don't think it's... It's one of the things that you can just go through the motions of. So while Chris and Nicole are doing their questions, a lot of the beginning kind of revolved around their moms and shame and things that they have done in their past. So Nicole talks about the cigarette scar, about how her mom noticed it and the shame she felt lying to her about what it was from. Chris talks about the shame he felt when he threw a party. There was underage drinking. His mom was just baking, hanging out, but the police did threaten to throw her in jail for hosting this party, essentially, for having it in her home. I saw something on social media. Did it seem like the mom knew there was an yes. underage drinking party I going took it on? as yes. She was just like, do it in the basement. I don't want to see it, but like I'm going to be upstairs or something like that. I'm just imagining how rowdy it must get for cops to show yes, up. Yes, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. Probably pretty rowdy. I mean, if you have eight buddies in the basement drinking, I I don't think it would get that loud. No, I don't think so. So I threw a rager and mom was just like, I don't even want to know. Right. <laughs> but thankfully, Chris did learn from it. He realized that there were going to be consequences not for him, but for his family. They both agree that they deeply care about their moms and don't want to disappoint them. Then they move on to talking about their biggest insecurity. Chris talks about relationships, not necessarily theirs. Theirs is great, but he asks kind of rhetorically, am I lovable? Am I worthy of love? Why didn't anyone want to stay with me? Nicole says that she wants to stay with him. You are worthy of love. Past girls weren't worthy of your love. What a sweet response. What do you think about, and this isn't new to maps, but matching a couple where they are essentially trauma bonding over their past relationships? I hate it. Like, I understand in a way what they're trying to do. For example, you know what I've been through. You know what it takes to get over it. But I don't think the person needs the same trauma to be in a successful relationship. I've noticed sometimes when I see couples in maths, sometimes it's about being, um, you know, opposites attracting, right? Someone's Mm -hmm. a little bit more introverted. Someone's a little bit more extroverted and sort of 
oh, I need someone to pull me out of my shell. And like in some ways you can see, okay, that could work. I'm just curious of how this is going to work out with folks that have, you know, in a way, like if you match two uh, introverts, right? Like would that really work? Oh, that's perfect. We want to stay home. (laughs) Nicole then opens up about her worries. She's worried that one day her happy little bubble will burst. That one day I'm going to do something to ruin it. When I do feel really happy, that's when I'm afraid of it. I'm projecting this based on my past. One day I'll wake up and the bubble will burst and our little life won't be so happy anymore. I think this is a interesting way or an interesting outlook to have. She's sort of waiting for something to go wrong. I'm, I slightly relate. I know what she means. It's things have always gone wrong in the past. You're bracing yourself. You can't fully allow yourself to fully be in the moment because you are waiting for it to end, for something to happen, for something to bring you back down to Quotier Fingers reality. We talked about it in the past episode where I think, well, at least I hope, Nicole's sort of negative outlook on not life, but just certain things or the way she views things. Hopefully it doesn't derail their relationship or sort of uh, it doesn't grow to be a thing uh, from Chris's perspective. I just think it's a little not dangerous, but it's just how is that going to help your partner if you're sort of waiting for something to go wrong or you're expecting something to go wrong? Like, how can you get over that or how can the partner or Chris in this case help Nicole in that situation? I don't think it has anything to do with Chris. It's something she has to work on. Mm-hmm. She has to want to work on. I mean, in the past, I've said a very similar thing about Eris and his expectation or his kind of because of the loss that he's had, kind of that how that has affected him. And I feel like the past trauma and past relationships of Nicole, it's a very similar sentiment. I just want both of these people to deal with these past traumas, get the help and like live their best life, live in the moment, enjoy I want Eris to have a relationship. <laughs> okay, now I have a serious question for you. Are we going right into Kirsten and Shaq? Or are we saving them for the end? Because that's a banger. <laughs> I'm watching this show for Kirsten and Shaq. Let's save them for the okay. end. You know what I love? A good outdoor in the public Zoom meeting with your friend. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I don't know why ever. Do people, I do, people happens, do this? I see it every season almost. I feel like for the past couple, we have seen like an outdoor Zoom session, like at a bar, at a restaurant. I have personally never witnessed someone do a Zoom session in a bar ever. I've seen people FaceTime. I mean, it's even rude to talk on the phone, like in public. Like you're supposed to like go take a call outside. Yeah. Times are changing. Says that Mrs. Webb is getting used to her name. Mm, a little much. <laughs> uh, Gina is definitely not changing her name. No, I don't think she'll be staying in this much longer. So we find out when they are meeting with Dr. Pepper that Gina will come into Clint's room at night and talk to him while Hank is in there. Now, here's the question. Oh, well, first, I want to note that she does emphasize that Hank is in there. But why would she emphasize that? Is it because she wants to make it clear that there's no intimacy? Nothing's happening. She doesn't want anything to happen. I don't know. It felt weird that you needed to emphasize that. Because you hanging out with your husband isn't weird. <laughs> I think I think Clint and Gina have gotten to a point where they've probably talked, and this is just me speculating, they've probably talked about this off camera that they'll just go through the process and they'll be 
um, you know, just friendly with one another, right? They're just two two folks going through this this experiment, and they're just gonna try to enjoy the moment. This is probably just Gina just hanging out with Clint, talking about the day, how it was going. I think that's what Gina's doing. I think Clint is wanting more from this. I think Clint wants to find the crusty bits and have something more than this very topical relationship. I mean, I could see from Clint's perspective, he might be thinking if I do all the right things, eventually Gina might see uh, that I'm a good guy, that I am mm-hmm. a catch and you know worthy of being you know uh, in this marriage. He has forgiven her for her comments about his looks and she has not forgiven him. Definitely not. Like we are still there. Definitely has not forgiven. Dr. Pepper asked them, how can you be more vulnerable and open? How do you think your past experiences with shame or vulnerability have shaped how you are in relationships? Which I thought was an interesting strategy. I mean, I'm not a professional ad- in any way in this field, but I don't know, revolving so much about these couples and your very little time you have together, fully conversating about shame feels kind of weird. Like, why don't we talk about these specific issues? There's a lot of shame talk and like past talk. I mean, I guess you got to start somewhere and that is a very vulnerable place to be. Well, let's say, okay, you and I were getting to know each other. Is the right way for you and I to get to know each other is for me to ask you about like your most devastating moment or definitely not like like, I don't even think someone would be comfortable opening up about that but I think it's because it's such an expedited process maybe that like these people aren't doing that so they're like you need to figure this out now you have four weeks also can I just know just real real quickly we're on episode 12 and we're on week four week five (laughs) well let's be honest it's been a month the couples that you have seen and speaking all listeners at home the couples we're watching that really aren't heading the direction mm-hmm. of being a couple, it's going to be a no on decision day. There, yeah. There's, well, you've had four weeks to form some kind of bond, some kind of relationship. I can see almost all of them saying, quote, your fingers, yes to more time. And then immediately being done. Very Alexis and Justin. I hope one day someone gives us a tea. If there is a benefit of them saying yes on decision day, I don't know if it's ever been officially sort of leaked or announced or told to the community. I feel like there's a benefit to making it to decision day. Oh, I see. I don't know if it's necessarily like you get extra for saying yes, because that would heavily sway me. I, if I hated the person, I'd be like, let's just say yes and we'll split it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Gina talks about how she feels more secure with women and it's harder to have a safe space with men. She talks about how she doesn't get in too deep because the last time that they tried, it was very negative. Clint talks about how he has been trying to be vulnerable as much as possible. And it's been long-term relationships in his past that have kind of caught him by surprise, I guess you could say, that really affected how he views all relationships, kind of. Talks about being with someone for three years, but that person's mask kind of started slipping. He didn't like the person that... This person ended up being it wasn't the right person in the end. That was an amazing story because at the third year, that's a long time. The switch. They they were a different personality. They were a different person mm-hmm. after three years. How could you? I don't I don't know how that relationship went, but it would be fascinating to know someone for years and then out of I don't know out of nowhere, you know, from Clint's story, it's just a completely different person. 
or did something happen or is this person doesn't like Clint anymore? I don't know. Like, is it really just a switch or did something happen or gradually happen that this person slowly started reacting differently? Clint then goes on to say he wants to find out the crust. He wants to find the real Gina. Gina says, well, that's what we've been saying for three weeks. Now, let me say, we've said this before and I've heard it on other podcasts. Gina is an awful communicator. Like she's awful at talking. And in this moment, she actually throws Clint under the bus. Yes, I didn't like it. So she has this kind of comment to tell. And Gina says that she's not going to talk about things because she's not comfortable. Okay, so we're there's, there's, we're there's, still here. There's okay. your immediate wall. Yep. You're not going to let Clint in. Again, this relationship does not have a chance to form. Gina talks about how it takes her time to want to initiate, but that asking about her childhood isn't going to lead to anything. And I don't understand the difference between Dr. Pepper asking about a vulnerability and Clint asking about... For example, meaningful meaningful moments in her childhood. Is it just the person that's asking? I'm assuming that's the difference. And I don't agree with Gina in this moment because let's say I, I told you a story of, I don't know, my my sibling beat me up when I was a kid. I was the youngest, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't a true story. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, and then Clint could say, oh, I'm the youngest too. Like my, yes. my oldest sibling would beat me up too. Like, oh, and now we're... You know, now it goes to other stories. Now it can go to other childhood memories. Now it could go through, like, what did you do as a kid? Like, there's so much more conversation that could develop. So I'm calling BS that something else can't happen by opening up. And the fact that he's trying. She's not trying anything. He is trying to talk about himself, trying to spark something. Again, a conversation like a normal conversation flows or asking about her childhood and things that shaped her and hoping that will spark a deeper conversation. And she just says that she's not going to participate, essentially, and she is not going to ask him anything. Don't you love that we're watching a show about people that sign up to be married at first sight with a stranger who have had failed relationships to their own wording, and now they think they're the experts in relationships and what works and doesn't work? Yes, and they're not willing to do anything different, even though every relationship has not worked in the past. Yes. It's funny when they go through this 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 thought process of, oh, this person's not really my type. I'm like, yeah, and your type hasn't worked. So what are you, what are you getting at? Yeah. I thought she was completely closed off. It was just not a good conversation. She's not willing to do anything on her end to create the communication. She just says, well, that's what we've been saying for three weeks. Okay, so in those three weeks, how have you initiated anything? It's easy to say, come up with excuses. It's easy to say, yeah, well, that's what you've been saying. What are you doing? Uh, Gina, what are you doing? We move on to the questions in a jar portion. And in this portion, Gina has the fakest smile. I, that's in my notes. Just that is a plastered on smile. You, there's nothing here. So at this moment in time, do you think folks are more team Gina or team Clint? I think Team Clint, based on my tweet, I said, I'm still going to say it. I can't believe I'm going to say it because I really did not like this man in the beginning. I did not like how he carried himself, how he talked, how like anything about him. And now I'm I'm Team Clint. Like, I can't help it because she's doing nothing to help this at all. So in the questions section, Clint asks, do you avoid asking for help? She says 100%. Delegation phobia is my number one trait. 
I felt like a burden asking for help even as a kid. Clint then talks about how he has a hard time with it as well, but he knows how to delegate. (laughs) So I don't know if that was shade, but he was just like, yeah, yeah, okay, but you got to learn. Clint asks, what is one thing that you need to let go from your childhood? Gina says, fear of rejection, abandonment, and feeling like enough. She opens up about her father a little bit, how he wasn't around. And I didn't really know how to take Clint's response here when he says like, oh, it's so tough. I kind of know what that's like. My dad was gone most of the week. I'm like, it's that's different. It's not the same. I don't think you can equate that too much as someone being gone for work, but like still hanging out with you. Oh, I I, mm, did I read that wrong? I thought Clint said his parents were were they divorced and he was splitting time between them? I think that was part of it as well. Okay. Because they got married really young. Okay. I had a, I think I read that as, yeah, his parents were divorced and he was splitting time like weekends at my dad's, weekdays at my mom's. Oh, maybe. Versus Gina. Okay. She's like, no, my dad he wasn't just, even mm-hmm. there. Then we move on to what are their biggest insecurities? Gina says being a workaholic, she feels like she's not doing enough and she really wants financial security. Clint talks about his insecurity being not accomplishing what he wants, being 40 and wanting kids. We end on this little joke about how Clint says that he's legally changed Hank's last name, I'm assuming to Webb. And that was the end of their segment. Not a ton. I just see that there's just nothing here. Even if Clint is like trying to will it, it, I don't see it going beyond what it has. Like they're never going to even get to an intimacy exercise. No. Would you put them as the in the category of the couple that would say air fingers yes more time oh yeah oh yeah just definite no because i mean i I can see gina saying no oh yeah i'm on the no i'm on the no side i think honestly if they don't they're probably not going to progress i don't see a reason why clint would say yes either because he's not going to waste his time he would just say no yeah he learned from the three-year incident allegedly Yeah, I don't know. I just know it's not going to work in the long run, regardless of what they say. But who knows? Yeah, I can definitely see Gina saying no, though. Clint will say yes, no matter what. No, no, I don't see that. I do. He is going to just ride that off into the sunset. Ah, Jasmine and Eris. I'm just so I could I could see where it would work if they if Eris was better. But it's just it's not going to be there. And he almost got me this week. He almost got me. I was feeling a little sympathetic for him, and I rolled that right back. I will not be fooled. So Jasmine and Eris are meeting with Dr. Pepper to start their segment. Jasmine opens up about how she has just started to love herself, how she accepted herself. She tries to encourage the youth that she works with to be proud of themselves. She talks about when she went to school, she lost herself a little bit, and she is finally enjoying herself again. Dr. Pepper asks a very important question here. Have you ever thought that this wasn't about you? Meaning, Eris's reactions to you, him putting up the walls, him saying he's not attracted to you, has nothing to do with you. you, Okay. From what we know about Eris's past is he doesn't really let, I guess he was 28, something didn't go right, he thought it was the one, it didn't work out, he got hurt, he's like, you know what, fuck it, I'm not going to get close to somebody. For a decade. But For a decade. But not only... (laughs) The loss he has dealt with and in relationships, it seems like he doesn't let them get to a certain point. It's almost Mm -hmm. like, oh, we're almost getting to the point where I'm developing stronger feelings. This could be a thing. You know, I'm just going to walk away. Right. I'm not going to make that connection. Yeah. 
now that we're getting to know Eris more, do you it's do you think it's more of a like a de, sort of a defense mechanism for him to not be hurt? He's like, I am oh, just yeah. not going to uh, form these feelings. I called it weeks ago, absolutely, and this goes back to what I was saying with Nicole. It's that you are waiting for the bad part. You're waiting for the reality to kick in. So instead of dealing with that, why experience it at all? So at this point, it's it's easy to say, oh, you're just not my type. Yeah. So I'm just not into this. Yeah. Versus allowing it to be an option or allowing something to grow. He doesn't let things grow. Yes. And why let it grow past the physical at this point? He doesn't want the deeper connection. Well, in essence, he's also using the physical to be his 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 cop out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Eris talks about how he's experienced some major deaths. He's afraid of becoming too close to people for fear of losing them. Dr. Pepper asks, do you think you got married at first sight to keep from running? And he says, yes, sort of. But I was like yelling at the TV. Absolutely. Because if you remember his introduction and the reason he gave, he says, so that someone will make me be in this, essentially to be held accountable. And that's not how this works. It's hard enough to get something like that in a, you know, a, a more longer term formed relationship. Now you're asking this from a stranger. That's not fair to them. Mm-hmm. Eris goes on to talk about his dad, his fond memories of him, about missing him and yearning for him since he was a kid. Dr. Pepper says what you want the most might scare you the most. The safest way is to not be close, to not trust and to not be dependent. Jasmine says, that's the stuff I want to know. I didn't know any of that. Something that was interesting is Eris goes into, he's talking about just the vision he's seen of, you know, he wants to be a dad. He wants to have a kid and, and do the, do the traditional stereotypical dad kiddo things. And he wants a family. And from what we know, it seems like Jasmine is a very caring person. Mm -hmm. You could see that she could probably be a really great mother it's like these things are all there, but you're it's it's like you're not ready. Yeah, the dream is nice, but it's almost like you're not ready for that dream. Yeah. Jasmine talks about how she felt that she was really sheltered growing up, that she had both parents, that she thought the world was a great place, that even if her parents were upset with each other, they went behind closed doors, they solved it and they had no idea how they actually resolved their conflicts. Dr. Pepper says, be the woman you tell your girls to be. Dr. Pepper turns to Eris and says, be open to her. Don't run. Then they go on to their questions in a jar. Jasmine asks, what will make, make you feel secure in our marriage? Eris does not have an answer. Then Eris takes a jar and he's asking questions. But if you notice, he doesn't really answer them himself. He's just asking Jasmine. You know, I wonder if we talked about this while we were watching live. I wonder if some of this is editing, but if it's mm -hmm. not editing, I think it is a bummer that we didn't. They should both be answering this question. Yeah. Honestly, on this show, I think half the time it's all editing. I don't even think these are truly people's reactions to things. Like, I don't see Jasmine being like, mm, but we I have to mean, talk about how we see it. The way we were reading it, folks online reading it is almost this is her checked out. Yeah, and I don't blame her. Like she, I don't. I don't blame she her. She absolutely can do that. Yeah, I don't That's blame fine. Her from what she expected from this process, this is nothing relatively close to what she expected. It's almost like why does she have to be on his timeline? 
It's not fair. So if she's saying no right now to this and no to this moment, I do not blame her. Eris pulls out a question and it says, the thing I wanted to wait to tell you is, and Jasmine says, I haven't not told you anything. They kind of go back and forth in this type of manner. Kind of Eris asking questions, Jasmine saying, you go first or there's nothing I didn't know or. Well, do you remember the last time they went to this exercise? It led to Eris essentially calling her boring and you need to live your life again. Yes. So it's like, what? Why would I answer these questions? Like, are you just going to judge me, call me boring, be disinterested? Which, again, I'm on Team Jasmine. Like, yeah, I would always. be checked out, too. The next paper that was pulled out of the jar says, The hardest thing I've had to forgive. Ayers talks about his friend that committed suicide, the ripple effect of that, seeing his parents go through that, how the friend was at the wedding, and how he in the past has had to forgive him. Jasmine's response is, nothing really comes to mind. And it's a brutal, like, it's not a great response. And again, it could be editing. But like, sure, Eris is opening up in this moment. But why does Jasmine have to be on that timeline? So I, yeah, it's not great, but... I mean, she's tried to open up before, and that's exactly the response she got. So I don't give her any crap for that. Eris asks, what worries you the most at the moment? And she says, our marriage. Which, valid. Not I mean, it is not totally going great. Valid. Exactly. If she just had, like, someone that could commit, like, she'd be fine. This would be another amazing couple. So I'll admit, this is one of my favorite parts in the episode, and this is where I caught myself slipping. This is where I was like, oh, I'm back to Team Eris. No, no, no. I will not go there. When he met with Jasmine's mom, I love Jasmine's family. So I'm always like a softie anytime they can, they come up. But I had to remind myself, it just, he needs to do actions, not just words. Words are very nice, but we need more than that. Do you remember when Felina was giving Jasmine shit because you seem fake? You have oh, all these yeah. prepared answers. Oh, fuck. I feel like Eris is, that skill is growing on him. Yes. And the thing is, Jasmine is saying things nicely, but it's how she feels. I don't know if Eris feels what he's saying, at least as far as wanting to like grow with Jasmine and things like that. I mean, okay, let's say we're going a, a flashback of the vows from last season, uh, last episode, where are you? Yes holding yourself up to your vows and he mm -hmm. says no and i'm like okay felina clearly your cousin is a liar hold that same energy felina right right keep that same energy for jasmine and your cousin i do love that jasmine's mom brought up duchess chewing on eris's shoe sneakerhead if, ooh, you if that was you if that was a prize shoe I don't think it would have been forgiven that fast. Probably, but also you have to think why is he leaving it out if it's if a prize. If it was like shoe. an everyday wear, my casual shoe. It had shoe. to have been. It had to okay, have been. Okay, no big deal. Let's say this was like one of his prize, like Jordan 1s, Jordan 4s. <laughs> I could see it being a bigger issue. He's like, at one point, did you know this wasn't going to work out? It's when the dog chewed up my J's. <laughs> That's right. Jasmine's mom asks Eris how he's feeling about the relationship. He says it could be better. You should always want it to be better. Ayers talks about how Jasmine told Dr. Pepper that she wanted to have deeper conversations and that he's just wonderful and he always has deep conversations and that Jasmine just answers the questions. 
again, we can go back to the previous episode where he is just asking questions real topical about sex and intimacy and calling her boring and safe and all this stuff. But, you know, we'll leave that there. Jasmine's mom says that she understands she gets it, but that maybe he will have to pull it out of her. She's so used to taking care of everyone else. Then mom brings up sex and intimacy, but does clarify. It's not that I'm trying to make you guys like do it or anything. (laughs) Ares talks about how a lot of the time connection comes from a shared interest. You know, if she was just only a sneakerhead, he says it would be a lot easier if these things that he is searching for were at play because then it would be more natural. Mom talks about how she likes Eris and that she really does want this to work. Another great example where, and again, J- Jasmine's mom obviously communicates with her daughter and you know that she gets status updates of what's going on. Mm-hmm. It is interesting that to know that and then this conversation with Eris, her mom is still sort of positive or has a good outlook or wants this to work where it doesn't really seem like we're getting much from Eris as far as in the relationship. So I'm surprised that her mom was still um, so positive about it working out. I think this is a perfect example of like, you will do much better having a positive spin on it. Kind of. I mean, if her mom went in there negative, why are you not being kind to my daughter? Why are you not being more open? Mm -hmm. You know, you signed up for this. Sure. I mean, he's going to back off even more. So I think kind of trying to be that caring person, trying to bring him even more into the family was a much better route to go through. And it got me because I love Jasmine's mom and I love her aunt and I love her cousin. And seeing all of them and Eris interacting with them, I want this to be like this beautiful family unit. But man, he needs to do that. Like it's really on him. It's It saddens me because I just don't think... I don't think that progress is going to be made. I always hold out hope for them. I do. Even though, like, you're right, but I still have a bit of hope. It's a bit disheartening how far in the opposite direction they have gone. Yeah. Almost almost to a point where I think it's worse than Gina and Clint. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's so bad. It's bad. I mean... Yeah, everyone's just talking about people's appearances. And well, let's just, let's just, let's just and... throw out, you know... Uh, Dom and McKinley mm-hmm. for the couples that are on the shakiest ground. Like, would you say it's Eris and Jasmine? Cause that's what I would say. Yes. Because one of them wants something so much more and one does not. My favorite, my favorite, because I cannot understand what's going on at all. We have Kirsten and Shaq. Kirsten is in like full wifey mode, brought cookies that I assume she baked for Dr. Pepper. Adorable. I miss Dr. Pepper. Can I just say it was nice to see Dr. Pepper? <laughs> it was, again. and she looks great. She looks great, and it's there's just way too much time in between seeing the experts. I know we, we've seen them what twice. I yeah, I think twice, officially yeah. twice. There was a meeting with Pastor Cal right after the honeymoons, and then this one with Dr. Pepper in the one month mark. So we're probably gonna get one more before either the couples retreat or a little bit before decision day. As in last minute things to work on and then the day before and then obviously on <laughs> decision day. So they meet with Dr. Pepper and Kirsten says that the biggest thing for her is communication and especially during the disagreements. Pastor Cal says, make no assumptions. Whatever you assume has a good chance of being wrong in relationships you do onto others as they would do to themselves. 
Dr. Pepper asks, was there anything in your family or growing up that affected you? Kirsten talks about her parents' divorce, how she felt shame from that, and it made her closed off. She wanted to manage her feelings by herself. Shaq talks about his mom's presence and how she wasn't always there as much as he wanted, though it was because she was a single mother and she was working and she had to do what she had to do. He found his biological father at 18 and he had a grudge against him, but did end up forgiving him. Then we move on to intimacy. Shaq says that we've been doing better and it has started growing, but that last week wasn't a good week personally for him. He says he left without giving Kirsten a forehead kiss last week and Kirsten texted him saying that she needed that. The forehead kiss, man, I didn't think so much in a relationship would revolve around a forehead kiss. At this moment in time, while we're watching this, they have maybe, you know, they kissed obviously at the wedding and. I mean, there was no kiss at the wedding. Oh, excuse me. No, no, no. No, excuse me. Let's not get crazy here. Excuse me. (laughs) There's been no on camera kiss. Why was I thinking there was a kiss at the wedding? No, there was a cheek kiss. No, because they couldn't even get pressured into it. That's right. There, everyone was like, clink, clink, clink. And and she said, no. No. Okay. In one month, they are still on maybe cheek kisses and obviously forehead kisses. There may have been a kiss off camera. Maybe. We're still debating that. Again, this is the way, and you have been a, a proponent of. The Kirsten we met initially oh, is nothing to no. the Kirsten we're seeing on camera right now. I don't trust it. That is why we are sort of judging the pace the relationship is going and moving towards because they haven't even kissed yet in a month. Okay. The way she talks to Shaq is very no facial expressions, no emotion in her voice. There is nothing that feels authentic about that. But when she's with her friends, when she's with her families, when she's with male dancers, facial expressions, excitement, talking about sex openly. She needs a man with this size of area. I mean, that is not an ounce of the Kirsten we see now. And so what's more realistic, that she is fake with all of her friends and family or that she's being fake with Shaq, this guy that she's known for four weeks? I mean, come on now. These are not the same people. Look at the way she speaks, her mannerisms, the emotion, the funness. She's so fun and bubbly with her friends and family, with male dancers. (laughs) But when you see her on the show, it's just like very calculated. I'll give you the answers you want to hear. And we know in the background, she's saying, don't touch me. Don't talk to me. I am excited for the end of this season because the chances that these couples will stick together is very low. (laughs) Yes. Very, very low. But I am excited for the tea that hopefully comes out when it's all over. Yes. I want to know more about Shaq let that slip. And I never, I think of that every time. Dr. Pepper says it's time to graduate to real full kisses. And Shaq says he knows what he needs to do. So they had the smallest question jar segment of anyone. It was like one question. Kirsten says that she wants Shaq to take the lead so that she feels safe and secure. Shaq says he will, but asks her to not get mad when he does. And I think that's very telling. Why wasn't this made available to Shaq way earlier? That I need someone that takes the lead. Was I wonder, was that ever mentioned previously? I don't think so. Because I feel like this could have been very beneficial to Shaq 
Okay, I have a theory, and I don't think it's a very fair theory, but I think Kirsten's feeling the heat a little bit, and so she needs to come up with something new. She can't keep saying she's a bad kisser. Oh, I need a man to take the lead. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. They ordered dinner. It looked like burger and fries together, and during dinner, Kirsten asked Shaq to make her a logo. Okay, wait, question. Takeout. Do you eat from the takeout? Um dishware or do you get your actual dishes and plate the food it depends like if it's a salad in a takeout container i just eat in the takeout container but if it's i mean what did we eat the other night chinese food yes i get my own bowl we plate that for sure yeah if you order like a burrito from the mexican joint we're not i'm not plating that no i'm Um, eating hmm. it very quickly in my hand like a monster (laughs) that would be a questionnaire do you plate your takeout food like, would you play a burger and fries? That's the actual thing here. No. I don't think I would I don't either. think I, I'm not. Why would I get a dish dirty well, for that? Well, uh, all I the time know. I cut my burger in half. So in that way, in that uh, case, yeah. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I tend to not play my food. See, someone out there is like, you're a disgusting animal. <laughs> like pizza, you have to play. And honestly, it's more of I'm lazy, so I'm not trying to make another dish dirty. Oh, I didn't tell this story. This, this explains Leon so much. So we were long distance for a long time and we had, I don't know, we always called it our apartment, even though it's really your apartment, but I would come visit like every month. I was doing the dishes one day and I was like, why do you have one fork? Why don't you have any silverware? Like what happened to everything? And you were like, oh, so bad. Oh, I think I threw them all out in my to-go containers. (laughs) Oh, it was bad. So yeah, just one fork surviving. I don't even understand how that happens. Like you... You have to pick it up. Don't you feel but it's something in like, there? I'm a strong boy. That's a, that's a light box. That's <laughs> a light fork. I guess. I guess the better question is, do you remove your silverware from your to-go plates before you throw them out? Or do we just... I mean, as far as I know, I haven't done that in a very long time. I... We still have uh, a lot of forks. Because I find them before, we have, you know. We have a lot of forks. Okay. <laughs> So she's talking him up while he's making this logo, even though I feel like he just wanted to eat and not do this right now. But isn't that weird? We just got food. Like, can I just... Yeah, don't ask me to do anything. Can we just eat real quick? So she says that she can pay him in other ways. That was... (laughs) That's so not cursing there. I'll pay you in a forehead kiss. (laughs) No, no, no. I'll allow you to give me a forehead kiss. I'll allow you to snuggle me. See, like, I feel like that would be the real Kirsten. Like, that's the Kirsten that we saw at the bachelorette party with her friends hanging out and having brunch with the girls. Mm-hmm. Like, things like that. But it's so not what we've seen that I can't take it seriously. So Shaq says he has a plan for Kirsten. He comes in. He has his paints out. Kirsten changes into a more comfortable outfit that she doesn't mind getting paint on. And he proceeds to paint her body. Okay. I wish I could give credit, but someone said that it looked like Shaq was barbecuing up a rack of ribs. There was no passion here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I feel the same way. It was just like <laughs> something you're it's a chore. You're getting things ready. Just slathering them on. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds like disrespectful to a rack of ribs. <laughs> Because I feel like people that are barbecuing, there's some it's passion. It's made with love. Yeah, there's you love and passion behind sure that. making sure it's delicately done. In my notes, I wrote, she is saying everything right, but nothing is right. <laughs> Shaq then goes to the fridge. He has a, a can of Ready Whip. 
And he proceeds to put the ready whip in her mouth, which I was already uncomfortable. I I say this every season. I'm like, I sure. think I'm a bigger prude than I realize. So I'm always like really uncomfortable. <laughs> so the ready whip is in the mouth. He then proceeds to put a strawberry in his mouth and then feed it to her like a baby bird. <laughs> put it in her mouth. <laughs> and then that's how they have their first on camera kiss. I turned to you and I said, maybe she's not lying. Okay. She is. uh, It's a little bit of an awkward kiss. Okay. (laughs) Did anyone catch Kirsten with her wide open eyes during the kiss? It like scared me. It it was a little awkward. Why are your eyes open while we're kissing? I was in my own home sitting on my own couch and I was uncomfortable. And I don't even know it's because I'm low key a prude or because like. This is so not romantic because I hate giving them too much shit because there is a producer, one or two camera people. Like there's a lot going on in this room for you to be like, for people that are already very, you know, fairly private to just be like, kiss in front of us. And we have two big cameras here. I could like, I could never cuddle in front of a camera crew. (laughs) So I give them crap, but you're totally right. So we find out on After Party. We always catch like a few minutes of it. We don't sit and watch it or take notes on it. But we find out that uh, things continued. But uh, he was very respectful. Do you think they consummated the marriage on that night? I don't. Just based on the verbiage, I don't. But I think probably a day or two later since finally that physical barrier was broken through. And from the when they do these sit downs, I mean, it could have been a couple days. Yeah, yeah. So maybe if their intimacy is growing which is uh, that's one of my theories here. It was a shock to me because I did. I just didn't think anything would ever happen. I screamed in discomfort. (laughs) So it officially happened. We saw the first kiss, at least on camera. It was way more uncomfortable than I could have imagined, but whatever it's done and we can move forward. We don't have to talk about it every week. So is this going to be team air fingers? Yes. For more time. Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Got it. Okay. Shaq will mean, well, he was getting a little irritated, so maybe he won't. If like it continues to be just something for the cameras, he'll say no. Cause he was hinting on that. He was very frustrated. Hmm. But if Kirsten goes first and says, yes, he's going to say yes. I love to make this oh more God, complicated. There's, there's so many <laughs> stipulations. There's, there's on so many this. stipulations. Uh, uh, universes. I can't just multi, give... <laughs> There's multiverses of past. Who goes first? Yes, no. I can't give you a straight answer to this any season. It totally depends on so much. It's like a sequence diagram with all these routes. Yes. Okay. And that was it for the episode. But we do get to see. Not a next time on, but a still to come, which means the remaining of the season. They made this seem like it was going to be so exciting, so spicy. And I needed to remind everyone that it will not happen the way that they showed. I have to give kudos to whoever chopped this up because (laughs) it made it seem so good. I know. When Okay. Totally fine being wrong. Every shot you see in that... um, to, you know, to, to come, to be determined, whatever. Every really interesting scene you see is going to be the best part of one episode. Yes. So you're going to work, you know, you were together. <laughs> we're going to watch an hour show for this one awesome scene. And that's it. Because we have like 12 more episodes left. Yeah. For four weeks. Mm-hmm. Does, that, that, does, that, does that count 
Like, I don't think the where are they now, but maybe up to decision day. Okay. So we're going to be here for a while, people. So overall, I think it was a good episode. One, because Dr. Pepper, there was actually maybe some help given. I'm hoping that their sessions are really long in comparison to what we saw. We only get to see one guided question, essentially, and then the conclusion of that. I hope it's it's a nice 45-minute Oh, I'm talking like two hours. Two hours. I want, if you're going to oh. meet with me once, we're going to get in deep. What did Clint say? The crusty bits. I mean, I'm sure the, the time to... Because they are recording a show, right? They probably do cuts, mm-hmm. read. Hey, let me ask you that one more time. Oh, that's annoying. And, then. and you know, honestly, and that doesn't really make it a um, that real experience of the professional. You're mm-hmm. sort of, it is a professional, but now you're also recording the show. So you're, you know, I don't know the vibe. I'm sure the vibe changes totally uh, quickly. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. I did. Again, we are rooting for these people, but if you give us nothing, then I don't think it's going to work. Yeah. And always I, rooting for I was him. happy to see Kirsten and Shaq move a little bit forward. Yes, that's what it is. Like, as much crap as I give Kirsten, like, I'm glad there is movement now. I'll say a little bit, but really it was a drastic. Oh, it was a leap. A like, leap. It was a lot. A high jump, if you will. Zero to 100. <laughs> the door of their bedroom is closed. Closed. <laughs> With them inside it. <laughs> So I give her crap. Very happy to see progress, though. That's all for us this week. I hope you had a nice weekend and ease into the work week. Take care of yourself and we'll talk to you soon. Join us for Sister Wives, as well as our kind of random March Madness, what we're doing this week, what we're watching. It's kind of turned into a very random episode, but it'll include March Madness. Thank you all so much. Hope you have a great work week. Take care.